All right. Hi, everybody. This episode of the Military Method podcast is going to be with my friend Jim. He was also in psychological operations like I was. He was a non-commissioned officer there. He got out and similar to me, became a law enforcement officer uh, after the military. So we're going to talk about what he's been doing since his recent life decision change that he just came about and then also his future plans. Hope you enjoy. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. All right. So, um, again, this is Military Method Podcast. This is our third episode. Uh, my name is Gabe, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, first of all, I'd like thank you for uh, having me on. Think what you're Definitely. doing is a thing. Uh, name's Jim Hensley. Joined the Army in 2006. Uh, went on. Uh, met Gabe in the French language. Uh, course, which is good old Madam Kiki. Oh, yeah, Madam Rafiki. <laughs> uh, probably the worst thing of my military experience, as you know. Um, went on, did that, and went into the PSYOP pipeline pretty much. Got deployed. We both deployed to Afghanistan, I know, two times. And got out, became a cop, and been doing that for about six years since then. Cool. All right. Well, thanks. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, kidding. That's cool, man. That's cool. That's definitely, I, I didn't know you joined in 06. I know you did some reserve time before you joined active duty, right? Yeah. Okay. So what did you do in the reserves? I was actually a truck driver, 88 Mike. So, wow. Was, okay. Yeah. So as you can see, that's, that's kind of why I switched over to special operations is to kind of advance myself a little bit, kind of like so, what you yeah so was that something you wanted to do initially as a as a 88 mike or was that just kind of okay they're near me so i'll just go join this reserve unit uh pretty much uh you know 2006 pretty much height of the iraq war and uh they were offering twenty thousand dollar bonuses at the time so (laughs) yeah you know what let's do that i didn't realize that a good majority of 88 mics were just cannon fodder just yeah uh, and the, that's the reason that the $20,000 bonus was there. Wow. See, I, I heard about those crazy bonuses. I got something like 3000 So, I, you know, I think I bought a computer after taxes. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't nearly as luxurious as some of the other ones. So, so okay, you join the reserves, and then you say, okay, I, I want to try this PSYOP thing. And so where did, where did you go then? Did you go to airborne school had you already gone through basic like how how did that work from the reserves to active duty went of course went to bragg uh did the mos training there uh once you finish up mos training the way uh it was set up for me went to airborne school did the three weeks of airborne school came back and went right into uh language training and that's where that's where i met you so yeah yeah it's funny man because a lot of people not not to discredit airborne school, but a lot of people to a, a lot of outsiders, I guess I, I I should say, look at airborne school like just some crazy. Oh my god! Like how did he do it? And come on, how hard was airborne school? I mean, it was it was honestly easier than uh, basic training. Yeah, it was easier because you got like nights and weekends off, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you do have to go in semi prepared. 
we had. Yeah, good... you got to be in shape. You got to be a little bit of shape. You can't go in just you know. We had dumpy guy, and soft. Uh, so. We had a guy. We came in. I guess it was Columbus Day weekend, so we had probably four or five days off before actual training started. Mm-hmm. Over that weekend, he went and got a giant airborne wing tattoo. Was this Smith? Back. No, it was. Okay. Uh, I can't even remember his name now. Probably but, a good thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, first day, you know, you go in, I guess it was about, what, 4 o'clock in the morning, you do your PT test there. Yeah, some ungodly hour, yeah. And all you have to do is 42 push-ups, but you do them on a plank, and he could not knock out his push-ups. He's a pretty big guy, so it was more narrow than what he was used to, and failed out. So Wow. Failed out. With That's crazy, giant. man. That's yeah. I mean, it's seriously. I always tell people it's the easiest course you'll go to, with the reward that like starts off your military career because you get to wear a badge, you get to be in airborne units, you get to wear the maroon beret. You get one hundred and fifty dollars extra. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the most. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's the most rewarding three week class in the military because it's not just the army. We had some marines there too. Yeah. And um, a couple Air Force guys. So, yeah, I believe uh, any type of special operations, no matter what branch, has to go through the Army Airborne School. So, four yeah. on combat controllers, whole nine yards. So, yep. Yeah. And then you get some people who um, just want to go just because they want to be airborne. And that's awesome, man. I, I love yep. when I see that because I think anything to distinguish yourself, even from just a little bit above average, is great. So, Absolutely. You know, fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you get to, uh, you know, I think I've described what that is before here. Um, Marines call it MOS school, um, Air Force is tech school. And again, I still don't know what it's called with the Navy. I should Google that at some point. But, um, and then after that, that's where we meet, right? And, uh, yeah. Language and, school. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they, if anybody doesn't know, they, put everybody in formation into a big room and they pretty much come in and say, okay, this is the language that you've got before this day. You have no clue. So we go in. Yeah. I remember that day they surprised me with French cause I was supposed to get Tagalog. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's a good last thing. minute. They're like, yeah, well that's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I remember we go in and I'm what, 18, 19 years old. And we have, yeah. Uh, Mike Baum in there, who is <laughs> he, he's a different character, as you know. Yes, he is. Um, we have uh, I can't even remember his last name, Samuel, the captain. Yeah, uh, a couple other guys. I yeah, got. we had we had McDonald, somebody his last name was McDonald. Yeah, and then Romeo, his last name was Romeo, the other guy. Yeah, so yeah, uh, cool dudes, man. It, it, yeah. We actually had a pretty good group. Yeah, I mean, looking back, I wish I'd look put a little more effort into it, but it is what it is. So yeah, and, and you know, again, for anybody listening, because I, I think I don't know what an average college college class looks like for a foreign language, but if because I never took one in college, but let's say it's if it's anything like high school, so you might do you know an hour or so what, two to three times a day? If you, Let's say you're majoring in Spanish and you don't know Spanish already, so you're going into it blind and that's what you want to do. So you might learn Spanish for three hours a day. I would say that's fair. And we were doing it for seven hours a day for six months. 
Yes. And it was, it, it wasn't a normal course. I remember coming in, uh, Madam Kiki came in, who was, I think, from uh, Cote d'Ivoire, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, either uh, there or Senegal. I, I don't remember. I, I can't remember. But uh, she comes in and for the first, what, two days, speaks nothing but French. Um, oh, I know. I'm, Everyone's just looking around like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I knew how to say please, and that was it. Pretty much I was looking at, uh, well, maybe a truck driver isn't so bad. So Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah well. But we got through it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tie Fridays kind of pushed me through. I was looking forward to that every week. So Yeah, we, we would go eat Thai food every Friday. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the highlight of the week. So Yeah, uh, it really was. But and luckily, we got we both finished. Uh, I know you finished a lot higher than I did. I just barely squeaked through. But and we both got to the unit, and uh, I remember them saying, "Oh, well, we got this program called Sear School. If you're wanting to go, <laughs> oh yeah." And, and we made we made probably the best choice ever of saying, "Ah, oh, it can't be that bad." So we went. So. Man, that was early on, and we really didn't know what we were up against. No. So, again, to speak to anybody who either isn't familiar with SEER or isn't familiar with the military, look up SEER School, S-E-R-E, Survive, Evade, Resist, Escape. Like, we we walked in, I would say, three or four weeks later, Captain Shad said, hey, you want to go to SEER School? We said, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, man, two weeks later, we were there. Oh, yeah. We took the bus to uh alabama and yep it was terrible i mean it, I, it was oh my god yeah i think we all lost at least 20 pounds we were oh, sick yeah. gross looking i remember i fell asleep like five times while talking to you guys once it was over oh like yeah mid conversation i i can still remember going once we finished to uh i believe it was burger king and none of us could eat anything so I know. I try. I told everybody I was gonna eat five whoppers. I think yeah. I had like half of one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. as crappy as it was, we had a great time. Like always. I mean, that's one of the things that the military does is it shows you, hey, embrace the suck. I believe your last person said, embrace the suck. It's gonna suck anyway. So yeah. Um, I I still remember one of the funniest things in my entire life was when we came out of the box. Uh, Neil Creelys. It was probably what? Man, where is that guy now? Oh, my God. He is, from what I understand, he's uh, doing something at uh, one of the colleges in North Carolina. So That's cool. I mean, he's, but, I mean, to describe him, he's probably, what, five, six, maybe? Yeah. Maybe 130 pounds, maybe? Yeah, back he, then, yeah. He, he's, he's a smaller guy, kind of like me, and... uh I just look, and he is cleaning out the piss buckets with a apron, like <laughs> rubber gloves that go up to his elbows, and like safety construction goggles. He, he was just, so mad. Yeah, he was so mad. That's one of the only times I think I ever saw this guy get mad. It was, you know, it, oh my god, yeah. It was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen, and mainly because uh, I guess Jordan had gotten into some blueberry patches or something like that. And within maybe five minutes of being in the box, he had to take a shit. So there you go. That's, I mean, not much else to do in there. Yeah. I mean, you know how it is. So, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, Sears school, again, to people who aren't familiar with it or haven't been, 
it's not fun. It's actually the exact opposite of fun and enjoyment. They mimic like a prisoner of war camp, a POW camp. And not to give too much away, but they get as close to um, enhanced interrogation techniques, I guess you can say, as, as humanly possible. And so everyone is pissed off. Everyone's starving. And everyone's just terrified of what they're going to do next. Who's going to come and interrogate you next? And I remember, like, kind of breaking character every time we'd see each other. We're like, hey, how's it going, man? You know, everyone else is, like, crying, like, losing their mind. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, you know, we're doing fine. Our, like, our little group of friends. And I tried to do that with Neil Creeley. So whenever he was cleaning out, you know, the, the piss buckets and all that, I was like, hey, what's up, Neil? And he was like, don't talk to me. It was the well, only time he ever done that to me. Uh, and a little background on Neil. Uh, he was he didn't come from a background like most of us. He was actually a uh, recruiter for J.P. Morgan in Manhattan. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about a very, very professional guy yep. cleaning out piss buckets. So, I mean, that's one thing about the military is they don't care where you come from. Everybody's the same. So Yeah. That, that guy's going to do very well. I mean, I'm sure he is doing well if – we can somehow hunt these people down. Absolutely. I'd love to get a hold of that guy somehow. There's so my list get grows every time I, I talk with somebody, but yeah, and, that'd be amazing I mean, really, to talk with him. If you look at the guys we were with, I mean, there's nobody that hasn't been at least semi successful once they got out. So yeah, I, I just talked thing- to another friend, uh, Turchek, um, and he is now going to medical school. So, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Our, our, the group of guy, the caliber of person that we had the the luxury of being around and serving with. I mean, it's it's very evident now, even afterwards. Absolutely. So you then, um, you know, you did your time. We both deployed. Now, where did you go? Your first deployment? Uh, it was right outside of Kabul. Uh, uh, I can't okay. remember the name of it. Um, but then the second time, I went to Chimkani, which yeah, I'm familiar with. So. That's where I was at my first time. So yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of oh yeah, you're gonna have a swimming pool and all this stuff, and we got there and no, no. yeah, it, it was bombed. I heard so yeah, it was. I don't know what happened in a year, but it it was a terrible place. So I mean, it was fun, but yeah, it, it was the wild west when we got out there. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's they had a gym though. That's you know, and, absolutely and you got a bed. Yeah, I mean, not that I used it a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did every now and then. I remember. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, came back, uh, decided, hey, look, this isn't this isn't where I need to be, and got out and did like most people and became a cop. So, yeah, yeah. There were three of us in our in our uh, group as we all kind of got out. You, me, and Van Wy, another guy I'd love to talk to. Um, all became cops right after we got out of the army. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a natural progression because there's not many jobs in the civilian sector where you build that team camaraderie and yeah. Of, so yeah, there's there's a lot of cops, a lot of firefighters. Um, there's some guys I've known who've gone to be smoke jumpers, and and that's craziness. But, yeah, you, you can you keep know up so yeah. Yeah, we jumped out of planes, but we didn't jump out of planes literally into fire. So no, I no. try to mitigate mitigate my risk if I can. Absolutely. So, law enforcement now, would you say when you first got in versus 
right now. Has it changed? Absolutely. Um, How so? I would say, I don't know. I, I come from a pretty, pretty conservative area. So we don't yeah. have the, we don't have the groups of people that are saying, Hey, they're hating cops, things of that nature. But still there's that mentality of, Hey, what are you doing? I mean, people want their freedoms, things of that nature. And I mean, it's just the things that we could do, I don't know, six years ago are, I mean, they would be completely frowned upon now. So yeah, case law changes so frequently case law and the mentality of the administration. So, I mean, you've seen it. I'm sure Facebook, Instagram, all of the uh, police officer lip sync challenges and things of Mm -hmm. that nature. And I mean, I'll keep my opinions to myself on that, but, uh, I mean, it's just trying to humanize the badge, but at the same time, we're, I believe we're kind of pushing ourselves into our own little group. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely saw a big change too, you know, cause I, I became a cop in 2012 and up until I left law enforcement um, last year and just little things, like I said, case law, but you know, back then there were certain things like not every cop had a, uh, a dash cam when I started no. or a, a mic attached to that dash cam on their person. Now that's the minimum. At, Absolutely. And then most places are going to the, uh, the body cams. Absolutely. And, uh, I, as far as I know, just about every agency now with federal grants, state grants, things of that nature have gone to the body cams and it's because of a lot. They're, of- they're getting there. I, I, the, the agency I worked with, I, I wasn't at, but I, I worked with them in some capacity just recently. They, um, they're going there. So they're not all there yet. And you got to think about the places with less funding, um, especially some of the smaller agencies. Uh, yeah. The last agency I did work at, like I, not with, but I did work at, they were nowhere near even exploring body cams yet just because their budget wasn't there. Yeah. And, and the yeah. things I've learned about body cams is, it's not only there to protect the citizens from any type of improper police activity, but it's also there to help the cop. I mean, I can, yeah. remember, I guess it's been about four years ago. I got called into the office after an incident with a lady that ran on foot from me. Uh, she claimed that I had pushed her off a bridge. So <laughs> I'm like, what? So yeah. Wow. She said, and apparently what had happened is I, pulled her over on the side of the road. She jumped off a culvert and when she hit the ground, she broke her hip and I believe femur and crawled under some debris. And I looked for her for probably four hours, but she came back and said, Hey, look, he pushed me off a bridge, which luckily there was cameras there that showed now she jumped. Yeah. Who wouldn't like a lawsuit? Absolutely. Everybody wants the free dollar now. So, yeah. And yeah. And and you know, like, body cams are great I, I think they are a good idea but um it just sucks for some of the agencies because they all can't afford it and there are still some of those cops who are like oh i don't need that recording everything i do and i think that's the wrong mentality yeah and a, lo- a big thing that uh people don't think about is the cost of the cameras is nothing i mean it really is really? it's the servers to make oh yeah all of memory that. All of that. So that's what the smaller agencies are running into is they just can't afford the servers to maintain evidence. So, yeah, I wonder about their their actual physical space to to store that stuff, too. Sometimes maybe that Uh, falls in an area of question. 
the department I was with had a computer, almost like a 1950s size computer that was just in a room and that's where everything was maintained. So yeah, and there's ways of doing it, but like I said, it's just really expensive to uh, maintain all of that. So, okay. So could you tell a difference from the veteran cops veteran as in military veteran cops versus non-veteran cops? I could, um, at some point there's kind of a, I don't know how you would put it, uh, where they kind of crossed over to where yeah. some veteran cops that had been through some stuff. I mean, they kind of had the same mentality as uh, veteran, actual veteran police officer, military veteran. Yeah. But at the same time, they, a lot of them didn't have the same mindset. I mean, they had gone through, um, the police academy, which, you know, is pretty much like a watered down uh, basic training, depending on. Yeah, you just team. don't spend the night and all that. Well, I, I mean, I did, but. Did uh, you really? Okay. Yeah, I, I did 11 weeks and it was like 11 weeks of basic training. So, huh. but it was still kind of watered down. It wasn't so, but yeah, there's, there's a difference. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's a good difference. I learned I was the only one on my patrol unit that uh, was a veteran. So I ended up being veteran detail. So whether crazy guy saying that he had been Ranger SF whole nine yards and was living under a bridge and they wanted somebody to call him out on it or veteran in crisis that was wanting to kill himself. I mean, I kind of became the veteran liaison on it. So. Yeah, I saw that too, and I, I even got it myself, especially the the latter one that you mentioned, you know, the suicidal veteran who wanted help, didn't know what to do. I, I feel like a veteran, military veteran, is much more likely to help that person than just even somebody who means well, you know, yeah, at times. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I can remember a story. It was probably the 4th of July a couple years ago. We get a call out to a domestic violence deal. And uh, we go out, and there's a lady who doesn't speak very much English, yelling, screaming, things of that nature. I'm the third one in, and by the time I get in the house, we have two officers who have drawn down on a guy in a closet. And, I mean, nothing against them. They did what they should have done. But as I walk in, I see a guy who is actually one of my really good friends. He was in the Marine Corps. He has an AR-10 to his chest and saying, I'm going to end it all. I'm going to end it all. And I pretty much just go up, don't use much officer safety and, uh, pretty much talk him down, give him a hug. And we sit down for probably two hours and I get him some help. So, yeah, I mean, that could have ended completely different if a veteran yeah. hadn't been there. So, yeah, it could have. And not knowing who that guy was, the other cops probably didn't know how to react to, but you know, yeah, you there? Can you hear me? I think we lost him there. You there? You there? Hey, man. All right. Sorry about that. The Anchor app is good, and it works until it doesn't. So. Nah, that's that's the way most of us are. So, yeah. 
All right. So I, I don't remember where we were, but so let's let's fast forward just a little bit. Yep. So you, you, you make a choice to say, I want to go back to school. Absolutely. And you haven't uh, used your GI Bill. I, I used it a little bit, but uh, I mean, it's it's been one of those things. So I decided, hey, look, this whole patrol deal isn't I mean, it's great when I'm young, but I can't keep doing it until I'm 70. So, yeah. I, I mean, decided. you could, you could be, you know, <laughs> yeah, you could I mean, be the toughest old dude at any cop's yeah. ever seen. Yeah, there's there's guys out there that are like that, but I've noticed that they aren't quite as effective in, yeah. uh, in certain situations. I mean, a lot of them there are, but uh, yeah, man. So, so, all right. So you say, cool, and you're doing it. Yeah, I uh, actually start here in a couple of weeks. So that's good, I mean, man. That's it's been a progress or it's been a uh, challenge. Uh, I think clearing post is easier than getting registered for college. So, think so? yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's been one of those things. But I think that's one thing the military has helped me with is uh, just that mission oriented mindset. To yeah. Where, I don't know. They say you need to get this done. Okay, let's get this done. Let's get it done now. And cool. so, I mean, it's it's just been one of those things. Yeah. So, what what is your plan then? So, you're going back to school? Yeah, I'm going for uh, criminal justice because I mean, I have a background. You got it. the experience, yeah. Yeah. So I thought might as well not let it go to waste. And then from there on, I don't know if I want to go to law school or if I want to join the some type of investigation bureau or something of that nature so georgia has the uh what what is the state agency it is the gbi the georgia bureau of investigations okay so, yeah i really wish other states would have something similar texas we have the texas rangers yeah um but you, it's basically you have to be on highway patrol first that's yeah you have that, to be on highway patrol and then you can go be a ranger so um i know tennessee has the uh tbi and things of that nature and it's good because you do have the smaller agencies that yeah. have, whether it be money laundering, murder, any high value, high profile crimes, they can stay. Yeah. Be a North North Carolina has the SBI. So yeah, so I mean yeah. you're familiar with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and so that's that's a drastic change going from army to police officer to college student. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready. To I, I'm get sure it. it's gonna be a big re- relief, almost like a time to relax. Oh yeah, and I'm ready. You know how the military police mindset is. Everybody has pretty much the same views politically and yeah, things of that nature. So it's gonna be refreshing to get out of my comfort zone and meet some people that hey, I don't believe this. So all right, well, that's great. Let's talk about it. So. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, you know, because it, whether you're left or right or even in the middle, there people can still have their opinions and don't have to necessarily agree with you. And you can still get along with them. Absolutely. Even opposed to what the media would tell us. You know, yeah. And I've seen it here within the last, what, two years. I mean, the political climate is either you absolutely love the president or you hate him and there's no in the middle. And I know. Well, at least that's the way it's portrayed, of course, in the media and social media and things of that nature. Yeah, there's plenty of moderates out there. I believe. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. There are. Uh, and so, all right. So you're you're going back to school and using the GI Bill now. Do they do the yellow ribbon program where you're going? 
Uh, they're not doing the yellow ribbon uh, because it is a state at, uh, institute. So okay. they don't have to – pretty much everything is paid for, uh, fees, That's everything great. of that nature. And I'm getting the uh, – I guess it's the post-9-11, which will give me BAH while I'm going full-time. So, yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, that definitely helps out a lot. Uh, I mean, when I joined, we didn't even have the post-9-11 yet. It was still in the works. Luckily, when I got out, I did, and then um, I was able to use that in yeah. its entirety. So, And I believe the new GI Bill, talking from people that are in now, is even better than the post-9-11, where I think it's pretty much a forever GI Bill. See, there's a new one now? Yes, there is. Uh, and what's the difference? I guess, like you said, it's forever. Is there any other significant I, differences? I, I'll have to look into it. But uh, yeah, because that's a big thing is, hey, at least with the post 9-11 that they don't really tell you is, hey, look, you've got 10 years from the time you get out. Till yeah, I'm that it's done. I think it was 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, I know there it is. So it's not forever. So, I mean, if you say that you get out when you're. 24 and you decide hey look i'm gonna have a career there's a good possibility that you could get that career done and not ever use the gi bill and say oh look hey i need to use this well sorry it's already gone so that new yeah. that new deal is pretty awesome yeah it, it is a good deal you know it helps you pay the bills and um it, it makes it a reality for some people especially compared to the old one that Montgomery GI Bill. That was fifty thousand dollars to go to college, and that's it. Yeah, and well, you, you could still do, have to uh, work, still to have a job. Yeah, and, and you not that do, you go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I I remember right when I joined, they said, "Hey, look, you can do a kicker where you put in, I think it's a hundred dollars a month for the first year, and you get bumped up." So I mean, yeah, like yeah, this is great, but how's it going to support me for the rest of the time? So yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's definitely changed, which is a good thing because, you know, while you're in, tuition assistance is awesome, but not a lot of people have the opportunity, because especially when you're deploying and you're going TDY on trainings, um, you don't have an opportunity to go to school while you're in that much. I think I took two classes while I was in active duty for eight years. Yeah. And, and that's nothing. And you know how our op tempo was. Uh, it was... Yeah pretty much deploying for seven months coming back you had a month back with your family and then you had three months to get ready for deployment another month back with your family and you were boots on the ground back in afghanistan so that's right i mean you don't have you don't have the time so no at least at least where we were so right and sure some guys while deployed do have the opportunity and the time to do that um but what if you're out in the field if you know, if you're back at one of the fobs and, and not to discredit them at all, because we need those people there. Absolutely. But you do have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. But if you're not at a fob, if you're at a small fire base or an outpost somewhere with minimum yep. guys, there's no way you can do that. No, absolutely. I mean, you're doing good to catch a movie here and there between yeah. stuff coming in and getting ready for upcoming missions. And I mean, you know how it goes. So, yeah. I think I watched the movie Hot Rod like 17 times in a month in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I, can, I don't know if you remember when uh, we came back for a refit before we went back to Bragg. We sat in the bee hut and watched, what, two or three seasons of How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
I mean, that was great, and they were super yeah. old, but it yeah. was still funny, and you didn't yeah. have to think about yeah where you were at for a, at least half an hour. I mean, the it pretty much it was hey, let's watch wake up, watch how I met your mother, go to Chow, come back how I met your mother. So yeah, I mean, it was good to uh, also to decompress and see people you haven't seen in seven months. So yeah, that's 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 very true. So. It's funny because when a lot of veterans get out, on their way out anyways, they're so angry at the military. You know, not angry, but they're ready to be out. They're like, good riddance, see you guys. You know, you want to throw a middle finger up at some first sergeant who was an asshole to you or, you know, whatever the case is. But give it a couple of years and it's like, man, I really do miss it. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I was one of those people. Me too. uh, I got out. I can remember out processing Bragg, and I'll never forget this. Uh, I had my all my separation paperwork with me, and I came out the Yadkin Gate. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop by uh, General Jackson's just to kind of look around, whole nine yards, right? Yeah. Well, I get out. I'm probably what ten feet from the door, and from God knows where. I never even saw the person put your fucking headgear on I'm like, <laughs> and this is why I'm, this is why I'm leaving. So, yeah. And, and I had that mentality of this is awful and nothing could be as organized or disorganized as this place. Well, I get out and I'm, I realize what the real world is. Cause I mean, yeah, that's just, what, that is exactly what the real world is. It's yeah. disorganization. I joined when I was 17 so I didn't know I didn't know what the real world was. I knew yeah. the people that I was with were like, "Oh, if this was in the real world, blah 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 blah." Well, I'm like, you know what? This this isn't too bad. I mean, as far as a workload, when you were back at Bragg, I mean, you didn't really do much, did you? No, no. You got you, you did PT. You came into work. Maybe you'd have to do some vehicle maintenance or, or clean your guns. You know, oh God, your weapons. Excuse me. <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know things like that just little maintenance here and there but yeah it's actually not too bad um yeah they're gonna send you tdy and they're gonna send you to some some other kind of training here and there whether it's on base or you know in another location but it's but, your day-to-day isn't too bad yeah and you don't look at it then but the but what you have in front of you is pretty much the world i mean if you want to go to any part of the world that you want to, you can put in for it. I mean, yeah, you can pretty much be what you want to be. Say you're in and you don't want you don't like what you are. You yeah. can go. I mean, you can. There's always more. It doesn't matter. There is SF. There's always more. I mean, you can yeah. go. You put in your packet for SORB and yeah. Uh, the, there's all the SMUs, which stands for Special Missions Units. I won't even get into that right now. That should be a whole another podcast. But, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, again, just to look at some of our fir- fill in, let's not even take the guys who got out and are doing awesome. Let's take the guys who are still in. So oh, absolutely. you take people like Joey D'Alessio, who started his own business, and he's still in. And absolutely. He's killing not, just, not just a business, but a successful business. Yeah. So, so let's, and- let's go ahead and give a shout out real quick to Delphi Tactical. Absolutely. Owned by Joey D'Alessio. They really know what they're doing. Um, Rebecca Cunningham. She's now a warrant officer. She was a plus uh, supply sergeant when we were in. Yeah. She's now a warrant officer doing awesome. 
you remember Ryan Elliott? Yes. He went SF, killed it, decided that wasn't enough. Now he's a warrant officer flying helicopters. Yeah, I saw that. He's uh, actually down at Rucker. So That's insane. Yeah. Uh, he'll be going through the uh, stuff that we went through not too long from now. So Yeah, he'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Turchek, I mentioned earlier, he's, he's going to medical school. Um, man, there's uh, Matt Bell. He's a commissioned officer now. Thinking about going back to PSYOP as a commission officer once he's a first lieutenant promotable. Yeah. Um, I've kept in contact with Tim Murray. He's still around. Um, man, just so many people are doing awesome. It's amazing to see yeah. what six years has done to these people's careers. And I attribute that, honestly, to the what they learned and were instilled in in the military. I mean, yeah, it's that drive it's the always wanting to get better mentality that i think yeah oh yeah because you can go in and be a dirtbag that's the easiest job in the army absolutely and even honestly even dirtbags they find their niche so uh sometimes they do yeah you remember you remember my roommate um i do i won't say his name but uh (laughs) this guy was an absolute disgusting human creature He, he was he did not wash his towel for six months when you took it off the towel rack it stayed in a u-shape his toenails were too long to where it, it looked like something out of like stranger things his, yes. his feet yeah and he had a girlfriend that spoke no english and probably to his advantage yes keep the, going the two english words that she knew were jaeger bomb yeah so <laughs> They would, she would call him and he would call her and they would both talk back, Yega bomb, Yega bomb. So, I remember that now. And, uh, and I'm like, this, this guy, he actually ran over somebody during PT. He uh, did. I mean, the amount of. He did everything wrong. Yes. He actually left his unit owing a, I believe it was a German bank, like $3,000 or something. I remember like that. that too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, how is this guy even? How is but he? He gonna... was highly intelligent. Absolutely. One of That's... the scariest smart people I've ever met. Yes. And I, I actually was like, I wonder where this guy's at. And uh... I, let's not say Jordan Goodspeed's name. <laughs> no, but no. We'll no. keep it anonymous. But I looked up and he's like medical school up in, uh, I believe, New York State. Like, yeah. Yeah. Daniel Something. Jordan, that's where he, he's in uh, North Carolina somewhere going to medical school. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in about a year and a half or so, but he's doing awesome. So. Yeah, and I mean, at, as big of a dirtbag as some of these people are, something in the military sticks with them and yeah. gives them that drive to uh, continue on. Yeah, you know, because the part of the military, you have to be good at so much. Yes. And, and, and while a lot of people, they can do it, yeah, some people can only be good at one or two things. And it doesn't equate to them being a really good soldier. But no. once they get out, society doesn't require them to be good at everything anymore. Yeah. So they can excel at that one or two things. And all of a sudden, well, hell, they're, they're doing awesome because they exploited the hell out of that one or two thing. Yeah. And th- they know how to turn it to their advantage. Just like Jordan Goodspeed. He's going to be Dr. Goodspeed one day because the dude is smart. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't trust him to pick my wardrobe out or to, um, you know, <laughs> do a number of other things, but the guy's very intelligent. Yeah. And 
and one thing I do like about the military is all of these people have a backstory. I mean, yeah, that's every- what I'm here for. Cause I, I, Oh my God, there, I can make a list of at least a hundred people right now. And I'm going to go down this list and then I'm going to go a lot further than that because there's a lot of people I don't know and I want to hear their story. And I think a lot of other people do too. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's one of the great things about the military is you will meet people that they're in your regular profession. You would have never met. I would have never yeah. met somebody like Neil Creeley. So I would have never met people like that. So exactly. But, I mean, we came together, we embraced the suck and, I mean, we all got along, so. Yeah, I mean, we did. And that's another thing that I believe the military does is even with your coworkers. I mean, you have an ability to not necessarily be a friend of theirs, but to be an acquaintance, to be professional with people and not to get upset yeah. what you feel is them being stupid. So. Yeah, I agree. That It definitely shows you, at least in the military, friendships can come out of the oddest pairs absolutely and then if you can be friends with this motherfucker well <laughs> you could probably be friends or at least on good terms where you can work in the same office as anybody yeah and i see it on facebook things of that nature where people are unfriending people because of their political views and i'm like yeah that i just don't that doesn't register in my mind no i mean be either. like that so like I, I don't care what you worship who you like, who you voted for. No. Are you a good person? You know, were you a veteran? Did we do uh, some things together? And even if not, are you, are you an all right person? Yeah. Um, I can get along with you. Absolutely. But interesting, man, this, I I really appreciate you talking to me today, you know, um, and thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. And you, you know, just for the couple of people listening out there, Jim's always been a good friend of mine, no matter what, um, we talk at least once a week, if not yep. more. Yeah, at least we, uh, I send you pictures of funny dogs eating yep. pizza. <laughs> I think I've sent you that one like 10 times now, yeah. but, and you, you know, you it's, helped me it's out. great, man. And I think you're helping me get on a couple people on the podcast that I don't know. So that's good. Yeah. We're going to start branching out into not just my friends. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm going for. Another thing is just networking. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you got to do. So. Yeah, it's a never-ending list. I, I truly believe that. And we can, with people like you and um, my last friend, Annie, you know, I, I feel like we can reach more people and have more people on. And there's super interesting stories. There's lessons and just funny shit we can talk about. Absolutely. Like good speeds toes. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not about those. Let's not end up on that, though. But no, no. Next uh, next is Chris Taylor, man. I'm, I'm going to record it with him pretty soon. That's going to be a very good podcast. Not yeah. that this wasn't, but he had such a unique exit from the military well, to where he is now. It's unbelievable. I, I can think of stories with the three of us when we were at your house doing unmentionable stuff over the phone. <laughs> so. That's right, man. That's right. That was the good old days. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. And I mean, look, if you look at where he's at now, it's, it's just incredible. So he's, he's in a, yeah, he's done so well for himself. I love his wife. I love him. His daughter's doing awesome. I haven't met his daughter, but I was the best man in his wedding. Um, he, he's, he's coming up next. So, you know, definitely spread the word about this one with you. Um, get that air force one crew member who I've already gotten a couple of people asking me about that. Yeah. And um, Chris Taylor's next. It's going to be really good. Just a story from 
nothing to city council member and and still killing it and doing well so all right man well all right man best of luck thanks for talking absolutely we'll talk soon this will be up soon um it's on stitcher google Podcasts, itunes literally everything so check it out the military method podcast thanks jim yep all right bro bye-bye